hi there. It's nice to see you. Um, welcome to the very chill, very calm, fall autumnal discussion of rain by Dana McNeely, who is here in the chat. Hi, Dana. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm so glad you all came. Um, but yeah, we're going to be chatting about this book, as you can see. <laughs> it's got a few notes. It's got a few highlights. Okay, I'm sorry if this hurts some people to see, but this is how I read. I think it's the literature student. I'm still like mentally preparing to have to write essays and literary analysis papers, but this is what this whole book looks like and I really liked it. And I think most of you guys did too because the discussions on the posts have been very enthusiastic. I'm gonna take a couple of minutes to spotlight the new merch because I see some of y'all are already mentioning it. This is the new two-year anniversary design that we launched at the beginning of the season to celebrate two years of biblical fiction buffs. We've read nine books now. Um, and yeah, I got the hoodie in gray. I want to get a t-shirt too, but I want to get like a really oversized t-shirt because I like to sleep in those and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, there's the two-year anniversary design. This is probably my favorite design that we've ever put in the merch shop just because I feel like it perfectly encapsulates biblical fiction buffs more so than like the logo does just on its own. Um, and it kind of shows you like where we're at. We're like, you know, we've got that faith and we've got the fiction and we kind of try to meet where those intersect or where those kind of come in and then just stay in that space and chat about books and stuff. Um, and also I wanted to say, there's gonna be some merch giveaways in this live, um, but I also just wanted to pop on here and show you guys the newest shirt. I know it's gonna be backwards for you guys. It's gonna be kind of hard to see, but um, this is the new t-shirt that we launched like last week or two weeks ago. Um, I just want to stay home and read biblical fiction is what it says and I got one in green and I also got one in gray because I'm obsessed but if you aren't a huge biblical fiction reader or you read multiple genres there's also Christian fiction and inspirational fiction variants that say the same thing but just inspirational fiction on the bottom or Christian fiction on the bottom so you can kind of get them whatever color whichever genre suits your fancy uh, but yeah that's um that's the merch that's going on and I just wanted to remind you guys we had a big sale go on last week um, for Cyber Monday a lot of you guys ordered it was really exciting I'm so happy if you ordered one you know let me know because I love hearing where it's going or why something spoke to you but if you missed that sale don't worry because you can always get 10% off with the code BFB10 um, so it's BFB as in Biblical Fiction Buffs 10 and that code never expires. It's always good. It's good on pretty much everything. Um, and to shop, all you have to do is go click the link in our bio, but don't do that yet because uh, we've got a lot to discuss. So um, starting on with the agenda for um, the Biblical Fiction Buffs Live, tonight we're going to start with prayer and scripture reading as usual. Then we're going to move into the book discussion when all of you guys comment all of your favorite things and I say all my favorite things and we all go a little bit crazy. And um, then we're going to do a little giveaway with a little trivia game. So if you have your book with you or you have a book near you, preferably this one, um, make sure that you have that nearby if you want to participate and potentially win um, some two-year anniversary merch. And then we're going to be announcing the winter book, which came down, the vote came down to just one deciding vote. So... It was intense, you guys. Um, I was really nervous there for a while. And then we're going to have Q&A and open discussion at the end, as always. But let's just dive right into it to the uh, prayer and scripture reading portion of this event. Uh, the scripture that I'm going to be reading tonight is from James, James 5, 13 through 18, and it's about prayer. And this verse is actually, this passage contains the verse that we shared today for our verse of the day over on Biblical Fiction Buffs. So if you guys saw that, this is kind of the expanded passage, but if you have a Bible, you know, feel free to follow along. 
Is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick person and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Elijah was a human being as we are and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and for three years and six months it did not rain on the land then he prayed again and the sky gave rain and the land produced its fruit which is a pretty cool story if I do say so myself but yeah um if you will all join me in prayer now for this wonderful opportunity to meet and discuss books together hi everyone um, dear God, I just thank you for biblical fiction buffs and that it's been over two years now of gathering together and discussing books and discussing the Bible and your word and how those things intersect and um, the power of words to change our lives and open our hearts to you. And um, I'm just really grateful that we have this opportunity to meet online and, you know, maybe not in person, but online is just amazing. All the things that you have done for us um, through the internet. And um, I would just pray that you would be with us in this meeting, that things would go smoothly, that the internet connections would stay connected, um, and that everything would go well, and that you would be with us tonight. Uh, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So now we get to talk about the book. Um, hi everyone who's just joined. We just finished prayer and scripture and now we're moving into the open book discussion. Um, so yeah, what did you guys think? Uh, like I said, this is going to be a very chill, chill evening. I lit a candle. It smells very heavenly. Just feeling really, you know, calm. It's really dark outside already. Got all those like autumnal vibes, so... Audrey! <laughs> Audrey's here and I'm really happy. I love you, Audrey. You make me so happy. But yeah, I got a fluffy little blanket here. Um, Audrey, I thought of you the entire time I read this book because I know how much you love chapter nines. Um, and this book just felt like one big chapter nine. And if you're not Audrey, you might not get that reference, but... <laughs> Um, so yeah, I really loved this book and as you can see I've got quite a few things highlighted and sticky tabbed and things I just wanted to reference but this is the open book discussion so you guys can comment whatever you enjoyed about the book. We just kind of engage in it together. You guys chat, I read your comments and engage with you. Um, sometimes I just sit here and babble on. Um, <laughs> which is fun, but, um, there were just, there were so many things to love about this book. I think first and foremost, the characters for me were my favorite parts. Oh, your book is tabbed up too. I love that. See, see, that's what I love about biblical fiction books is that we're all the same. Um, I loved the characters in this book. I loved... Caleb and Miriam, and I know those aren't the main characters, but they really stole the show for me, especially their grandmother. She was hilarious in like the best way, not in like a ha ha ha, but just like I loved her, her wit, her wisdom. I would happily read um, a book of the wit and wisdom of Hadassah. I think that's her name, but yeah. <clears throat> um... And I just, so many of her lines and just the way that they totally opened up their home to Aben, like instantly, he needs a place and they're just like, okay. And you know, in his mind, I loved from the beginning how he was like, these people should not be as nice to me as they are considering like who they are and who I am and all that stuff. But they were just totally open and I really liked that. And I thought that was really cool. And I would love to be that person someday for someone else, you know, open up my home or my heart or just be that person who fulfills the need of someone else. Um, cause that makes, that's just like, I love that. Um, and I think to a certain extent, my family, 
um, has definitely been a great role model for me in that of just always being open and willing to serve and help others when they need help. And um, I'm really grateful for that influence. But the comments are coming in now. So um, Smiley says, just want to say I love that there was a dog. <laughs> I feel the dogs are often overlooked in biblical fiction books. I'm a huge dog lover, so I appreciated the inclusion in her development. I loved the dog too, <laughs> but the dog made me cry, man. That scene, that one scene that we're not going to get into because it makes me too sad. My dog is literally sitting right next to me right now. Have you, I think there's a dog in Miriam by Misu Andrews, if I'm remembering correctly. So um, that was also a really good one. And I love the, the inclusion in that there as well. But I could be wrong, but I think there is. Um, if somebody else knows, feel free to confirm or deny. Um, Audrey says, chapter nines are the best. They have taken on a whole new life. And if you want to know why, you should definitely check out Jenna's book, Jerusalem's Daughter, Shameless Plug. She said shameless plug in her comment. I did not say shameless plug. Although it is a little bit shameless. Um, Barbara. Hi, Barbara. Barbara said, Caleb's steadfast faith inspired me. He helped everyone God sent his way. What an example for us today. Yeah, I just, man, I want a whole book about him. I just want a whole series on their family. I love them so much. I would 10 out of 10 just endlessly read just like slice of life, even short stories, like doesn't even have to be like a, a super big novel, just just slice of life, just their daily life. I just I just want to spend more time with their family. I feel like we'd be good friends. Um, Carrie on reading said, yes, I vote for a standalone telling the grandmother's story. And Dana responded to that, said that there is one and it is free. There's more information on that, I think, in the back of the book as well. So if you're looking for that, go check it out. Um, but Dana says, the eyes of the Lord tells Hadassah's story before rain. Dana said the dog does not die, but the dog, the dog gets hurt and it's so sad. And like, yeah, I just, I just, I cried. I cried. I picture the dog and it just makes me so, okay. You have to understand, I have a really tiny dog and my husband's in the other room right now and he's going to hear me say this story, but when she was like a really puppy, I kid you not, she was like a little handheld little bean that you could just like carry around like with one hand. She was so tiny and she used to run around the house. And my husband being the six foot four man that he is, used to constantly like accidentally shove her around the house and she would just cry and whimper and I would feel so bad and like nothing would hurt my heart more than hearing her like be so sad because I know that like you know you can't communicate to the dog what happened to the dog but the dog like ugh, I just dogs man dogs <clears throat> smiley said I was so happy when Dagal lived I think I'm saying that right but I don't know um yes me too me too. I just felt so bad. Like, and I just thought about like the dog being separated and not having its family being all torn apart. And it was so sad. It's fine. It's fine. I just, I was way too emotional when I read that. Like I was emotional because of other things going on in my life. And, um, it, it carried over. It translated. Um, Jennifer says I put dogs in the Rebecca series because everyone I knew had a dog. Dogs are such great friends. I tried to get Piper to sleep on the do on the chair behind me, uh, but she would not. She would not stay put. Um, but yeah, back to the book and away from the subject of dogs. Although dogs will probably come up again. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else like that I had on like the big tabs that I wanted to make sure that I didn't forget. Something that I really loved about Aben was. Um, in the beginning on page 19 um when he gets summoned by queen jezebel um you know he says like it says the queen had summoned him and when life became a rushing stream he could only follow its current and i really liked that line just even when i read it and like not knowing the context of the full story but I thought that was really beautiful and a really like interesting way of putting it that sometimes life just happens to you and all kinds of things but then I also loved how at the end of the book when I was kind of going through it um, again to make discussion posts for the club and put all this stuff together I noticed like a little bit of a parallel um, not super obvious like same thing exactly but on page 335 so 19 to 335 when you know um, 
Aiden makes the choice to uh, follow Elijah and basically says like, I am your servant, send me where you will. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, in the beginning, it's just like life is happening to him um, and life is a rushing stream and he's just kind of caught up in it um, with absolutely like no control. And then in the end of the story, he's kind of like not necessarily seeking control. And I don't really know if I would say he was seeking control throughout the entire story either, but just a different perspective on, you know, life versus just trusting in God and having something to put your trust into. I really liked that. Um, little bit and I also loved 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 um, the inclusion of a little bit about Moses um, on page 55 the grandmother Hadassah like Caleb and Miriam's family um, they talk a little bit about the story of Moses and how you know that really perfectly framed and fit in with Caleb's original question that's kind of the catalyst for the story is like but can you talk to God? Like, can you actually like, you know, know God? Like what happens? Like did the priests, like the, you know, the priests of Baal, um, do they, I'm horrible with names. Do they, you know, actually get to talk to God, talk to their God? Or is it like, you know, do the, do the stone, do the stone gods, like, do they ever respond? Are they real? Are they living? And we know that there is a living God. Um, and you know, hearing that story about Moses and y'all know me, um, I have what I like to call a little Moses heart. Um, and whenever there's something about Moses in it, I am, I'm so down. I just really relate to that story in the Bible and the historical figure of Moses, um, is one that it's a, it's a story that's really special to me for many 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 reasons and you guys have heard me talk about that enough um smiley said can we talk about bernice yes we can um i her character man the so the whole story there were a lot of times where i was just like as a reader being like what are you doing you have this beautiful life right here you have like and um her journey and the journey that she goes on and um it's a little bit you know we don't see quite as much of it as we do uh the other characters journeys because she's introduced a little bit later in the book but um i loved her character so if you guys have some more specific stuff that you want to talk about um feel free to keep keep writing because i think i have a lot to catch up on naomi said i loved how every single character major or minor was realistic and fleshed out it felt like they um they could have stepped off the page yes and on that same note i just loved how intricate the storyline was and how everything you know weaved in and out one with another thing and how like the more you read and you saw the story beats lining up with like the bible beats um and like you know you'd be reading and then something would happen and then something from the bible would happen and it just all like fits so well like this perfect little puzzle piece of you know put together with different pieces of scripture and fiction and fact and history and it just was all so like so well done so masterful and just like everything worked together so well the characters the details it was all like chef's kiss biblical books and art said that's a good line especially feeling like how you also just have to take on things that unexpectedly come at you in life yes um dana said what you said about bernice is so true she almost threw it all away dash but god dot 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 um and isn't that so true <laughs> but god is just like that's that's just a that's a whole that's a whole sermon in and of itself right there just that phrase um, and I loved that about this story, how but there were so many moments um, where, you know, things didn't seem like they were going to get better or characters were doing things or things were happening, but God steps in and God just makes a way and it was so, so powerful. <clears throat> Dana said, Bernice was independent and spirited, but she was also loving, could definitely tell from the dog. <laughs> um, she would have made the right choice eventually, but then the wicked trade. Yeah, I know. It was so frustrating too, because you could just kind of feel like, um, frustrating in a good way. 
um, you could just kind of feel like the the choice was turning, like things were turning around, and you know, thing she was coming around a bit, and then um, things just happened circumstantially, and it just totally derailed everything, and then. You know, Aben went off to search for her, and other things happened, and I just kept wanting to be like, no, don't go, it's like, find a way, but that's fiction, right? And I think that that's a sign of a good story, too, is that it makes you really passionate about it. Um, and it makes you want to be like screaming at the characters and crying. And there were multiple points in this book where I actually actually cried. Like I didn't just like say, oh my gosh, I'm crying. And then like text a bunch of crying emojis to like whoever I was talking to at the time. Like I was actually crying. And I think there's, there were quite a few scenes like that. There were a lot that made me just laugh out loud. And that's pretty common. I do tend to laugh out loud in books. I also tend to talk out loud when I'm reading a book. Um, like I'll be reading the book and everything will be quiet and I'll just be like, oh no. No, don't. And like people around me will be like, what? And I'm like, oh, sorry. It's just, it's something happening in this completely fictional world that um, I would explain to you, but it would take too long and get lots of weird looks in public that way. But it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, this book totally legitimately made me cry in multiple points. And I do have a couple of um, screenshots of things that I do want to specifically get to relating to that. But let me catch up on some comments. Hello, everyone. We're in the middle of our discussion. So if you read Rain and had something you wanted to say or something you wanted to bring up, feel free to copy paste or text whatever. Um, Smiley said, I really appreciated the fact that Mara was able to find redemption. She had such a dark past, but like everyone's been saying, but God, that's going to be a theme. I like that. That's going to be a theme for this chat. And that makes me really, really happy. But yes. And I thought Mara's character was so interesting how she wasn't necessarily like a stereotypical evil high priestess, like kind of thing. Like she had depth. She had a redemption arc. She had a journey to go on herself. Um, and I loved how Dana found a way to kind of weave that in with the story of the widow and the oil and the bread, the flour and all the things like it was just it was so, so well done, like I said, but she was such an interesting character in so many more ways than one and more ways than I expected her to be, to be honest. I think I was kind of going into it like as I was reading being like, oh, well, she probably won't be like an important character just because I'm not used to seeing that kind of character take on like such an interesting role in the story and have a redemption arc, like you said. And then when she did, it was so beautiful and I really liked it and I really appreciated it. And I thought that it was, it was really different from other books that I had read with similar plot lines or similar characters. Um, and she really did have, you know, a, a love for her, her children as well. And, um, wanted to give them the best life possible um and maybe sometimes you know wasn't always quite on the right track of how to do that because of her circumstances or because of you know the world she'd grown up in but um like you said but god and then you know god kind of takes over jesus takes the wheel as it were um i am a child of christian radio um, um, but yeah, it was, it was really beautiful. Naomi said, I felt so connected to Elijah with his struggles. I thought it was wonderful to see his powerful faith joined with the weak moments and fearful thoughts. Yeah. I love when biblical fiction can bring depth to characters that are otherwise, you know, in the Bible, we see a lot of these moments, but it's, it's just like one sentence after another. Not that, you know, that's, that's bad. That's the Bible and the Bible is like good and perfect and God inspired and all of that. But um, when you're reading it and it's just, you know, you're reading through the Bible quickly or slowly, sometimes you can forget about how the human emotion intersected into the story. And you, we also have a tendency when we're reading about these like great figures of, of history to sort of glamorize it a little bit and be like, wow, if only I could be like, you know, this person from the Bible, they were so strong. And we, you know, sometimes forget what they went through and how, you know, they would have had human emotions too. And I like how this book explored that as well. Um, and just kind of brought some, some more, 
uh, a different perspective to the story. And if I'm being perfect, perfectly honest, and you guys can't laugh at me for this, um, but uh, I also really loved how this book, and this is another thing I love about biblical fiction. Sometimes, you know, um, I have as only as much knowledge as I can fit in this brain, right, at one time. And that means that sometimes I get things mixed up. But something I loved about this book personally was that just like reading the story like this and absorbing it like this um, helped me keep track of the difference between um, Elijah and Elisha, which is something that my grandma used to try to explain to me a lot. And I would still always get it confused, but I feel like now I'm never going to get it confused because this book was so powerful and it just like so impacted me. Um, if you're just joining and you don't know what we're doing right now, we are discussing Rain by Dana McNeely. We just finished it. And at the end of this live, we're going to be announcing the next book that we are reading um, based on what you guys voted for. Smiley said, also, Joa, I kind of had a feeling it was coming, but I was still so sad when he died. Can I be perfectly honest? I didn't see that coming, and I don't know if that's just because I was reading too fast because I was so into the story or what, but I kind of knew something was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to be that, but at the same time, it made sense, and when it happened, I was just like, wait, what? And I had to go back and, like, read the paragraph over again a few times just because, like, I was so, like, shocked and like so upset and um yeah it was it was so the whole book that was so well written um barbara said i raised two boys to the moment i met josh i had to keep reading since he was in innocent in a dark place aben's brotherly love was heart tugged too sorry joa um autocorrect yeah i know <sighs> my throat's getting dry again but yeah um yeah I'm just agreeing with what you guys are saying. Um, Malia, I think that Malia May. Um, yes, Mara's story was so powerful and I loved seeing her faith being shaped. That um, in particular as well. Um, I love when stories, um, a lot of times, you know, redemption arcs or like coming to faith arcs, they kind of just like happen. Like there's an event that happens and um, the story takes off from there. And um I really liked how this book had so many like multiple like levels and tiers of like, you know, coming to faith, but then like the faith deepening and growing. And I think that um, there's a line in the beginning of the book that I'm thinking of in particular. And I don't think I'm going to be able to find it on the spot, but I think it's in uh, about chapter four, uh, chapter four, three, five, maybe when Avon goes to um, Caleb's home. Um, and he meets Kayla's family. I found it. It's on page 53. And, you know, they're kind of asking him like, well, why did you, why did you lie? Why did you do all these things? Cause you know, he's, he's not one of them. He doesn't serve the same gods yet or the same God yet. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit like, well, why did you do that? And he said, it was not because I believed, but because I wondered if it could be so. And I just thought that was such a beautiful, beautiful line. I wrote um, beside it just like, this is so important um, because how true is that to life? Like, you know, we don't always instantly come into faith and sometimes we do. And sometimes there's little things, um, you know, you may have a faith, an overarching, overarching, overarching faith, but sometimes there's little things that come up and, um, you know, it's just like going even deeper and deeper into your faith and growing and maturing spiritually and how much that all just ties into wonder and wondering if it could be so and curiosity and we as humans um, are so prone to being curious and having curiosity and I just loved I loved just the idea of you know wonder and how much we you know tend to wonder about God and how much just like simple wonder and simple curiosity can propel us on some of the most amazing journeys um keeping going in that same comment. Her and Hael's relationship was really sweet. They helped each other to heal and find new mercies. And I was so sad when he died as well, but it felt like, felt natural. But there was a lot of moments in this book. I feel like I'm just saying like over and over again, oh, I was so sad when this happened. I was so sad with this, but there were a lot of happy moments too. Um, but I think we just keep bringing up the sad ones. 
Uh, Dana says, when I read 1 Kings 16, I had to include Hael, and many people didn't know he was an actual biblical character, so they were surprised. Yeah, see, that's one of those things that I was kind of mentioning earlier with um, the story and how, like, like it was all, like, woven together so well between fiction and fact and how, like, it's things like that, where it wasn't, like, something I was expecting. Like, I was expecting Elijah. I was expecting, you know, the the widows and the widow's son. And I was expecting, like, certain bigger picture things and, like, Jezebel. And that was one that I wasn't expecting. And then as I read it, it suddenly made so much sense. And I was, like, blown away by the inclusion and just how it all worked together and fit so seamlessly. And just, like, in my head, thinking about, like, wait, this is real and this is real and this is real and it's all like tied together so well in the story and I just thought it was absolutely so well done. Mara was not named in the Bible, but she is very strong. I remember her saying to Elijah, what do I have to do with you, man of God? Why have you come here to remind me of my great sin and slay my son? Yes. Smiley said, speaking for faith, Aben's faith in particular was such an inspiration, like how he kept going back to the city to try to rescue his family despite the danger. That is some serious faith. Yes. And, you know, I love there's a bit in the a bit in the story where I think he like in the first couple of chapters, he prays, but he doesn't really know if he just prayed. And he like said he, you know, in his thoughts, he says like a little bit of a prayer. He makes a little bit of a plea or a request. And then the narrative immediately after that is like, but who was he praying to? And was he expecting an answer? He just like it wasn't even something that like a conscious decision necessarily, just like. Um, in that moment, he like, he prayed and it wasn't something that he, you know, planned to do. It just happened. And I thought that was really beautiful because of many, many reasons. I keep running out of breath, but um, how sometimes, you know, we cry out to God in our most desperate hours without even, you know, realizing it. And um, that draws us closer to him. But yes, um, I love you guys in the chat. You guys are so much fun right now. But this was just such a deep book. There was so many truths in it, so many things that just stood out to me. And one, I think I have like two or three more things specifically on my end. But one thing that I loved was in page 304, um, when it says, send rain, though we do not deserve it, send it because you are God and it is in your nature to forgive or it is your nature to forgive. And I thought that was so beautiful and I highlighted it and I wrote next to it. Um, I just wrote like, it is his nature to forgive, like emphasizing that point, rewriting it so that it would stick in my head because it is his nature to forgive. And it's, you know, humans have like a sinful nature and, you know, we're prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Um, like looking to the left, looking to the right, getting distracted, but you know, it's God's nature to forgive and how blessed we are that we serve a loving God, that we serve a forgiving God, that we serve a jealous God. Um, this story just emphasized that to me so much and took, it brought new meaning to the, to the phrase, um, a jealous God, basically. Naomi said, I loved the scene when Mara realized that she could feel more than just her family, the instant generosity, that she could feed more than just her family, the instant generosity and kindness was so in character for her. Yeah, um, it was, it was incredible. And I loved when, you know, Aben was like, there's no, this isn't, how is this happening? And then he sees it happening and he's like, such a good moment such a, like everything in this book those bigger scriptural scenes I could just like see them playing out like a movie like when Elijah first you know pushes over the the statue I could see it in slow motion with like dramatic music and I was just like yeah um and um and all those all those big like scriptural moments I could just like see it in my head and it was so great uh, Malia says, I have to go now, but I'll watch the rest later. And I'm so excited to hear the next book. Yeah, um, I hope you enjoy. Um, and I hope that you find this easily later so that you can hear all those things. And I'm sorry that you're going to miss out. But on that note, um, oh my word, there was one thing I wrote down that I did want to talk about. But I think, okay, yeah, I did want to talk really quickly about the scene in page 279 when Aben... <clears throat> dies and um you know is raised back to life um and that quote his body was different here beside the river from the other bank he heard sounds he'd never heard before like music only more so music like colors the rainbow and that scene gave me chills and that's the one that made me like cry the most and cry the hardest just like 
practically weeping um, in, in that moment and hearing that story. And Dana um, said, uh, commented on that post, actually, this is the moment that opened up the world of Elijah for me. I read in the Bible where the prophet prayed the widow's son back to life. I stopped and closed my eyes, wondering it would be like to wondering what it would be like to die and wake up in the other world, especially as a non-believer. What would the boy have seen? How would he feel coming back to life after that experience? He would be forever changed as we are when we have a death to life soul change. And I totally related to that. Um, and I related to that scene for multiple reasons and it hit me very hard for like a couple specific reasons. And the first one, you know, especially when Dana brought up, you know, death to life and life and death, kind of how um, when I was about 13, my mom and I were in a head on car collision and we were told by the people at the scene that we um, that we probably should not have survived, but we did. And it was basically a miracle. And, um, that was, you know, not a moment where like I had a vision or anything, but just one of those things where like life kind of flashes before your eyes and it makes you reevaluate things even at like a younger, younger age. Um, but then also that scene really stood out to me, especially when Aben sees, you know, Joa and the angel and the whole thing, um, really spoke to me because when I was 15, 16, I lost my grandmother who I was extremely close to. And just the way, you know, the way it was described was so poignant and wanting, you know, for Aben wanting to be with his brother and see his brother again and have a little bit more time. It was just so beautiful and so well done and um, really spoke to me and inspired me and just like made me feel all kinds of feelings. Biblical Books and Art says something sadly came up last minute for me as well, but I can't wait to find out the next book. Bye. Um, I hope you had a great time. But yeah, now we really do need to move into the uh, games portion of this event. So I'm just going to uh, look up here on my computer. Uh, but yeah, for the giveaway, um, if in case you guys wanted to know what we're giving away, we are giving away two of the zipper pouches with the two-year anniversary logo design on it, which features the Biblical Fiction Buffs logo with a cross and then a book and the arrows and kind of just how the Biblical Fiction Buffs is in the middle of those two things and how um, our goal and our purpose as a group is to really um, meet in the middle of fiction and faith and discuss where those things intersect and just kind of live in that space as a group and dwell in that space in our discussions. Um, so this is what they look like. I have one. I think it's perfect. Mine is light blue. These are going to be in light gray. There's not too big of a difference. Um, it's pretty like very subtle color differences. Um, <clears throat> but I use mine to keep my sticky tabs in and then also all of my highlighters um, for when I'm reading. So highly recommend getting one of these, but if you don't have one, now is your chance to win one. We have two trivia questions. Um, so you have two opportunities to win. Um, so I will get into that. Uh, Barbara says, certainly a Kleenex moment when Avon sees Joa. Yep, yep. Yeah, it was just so beautiful and so, so many, so many feelings and emotions. Like, I can't even describe it for me, but there was just so much going on in my head and my heart and all that stuff that I was just like, so totally, totally um, emotional and yeah, it was beautiful. The whole book was beautiful, really. And that's all I can really say. But um, if you are ready for the trivia questions and the game, uh, that I have schemed and created. It's not that hard. It's just two trivia questions about the book. Um, be sure to let me know. Uh, tell me you're ready or, you know, heart the, heart the live, however that works. I'm so tired. Um, Dana says, I think we all have a longing to see that heavenly other world. Yeah. And it was really just so beautiful and so well done. And, um, I think you captured the feeling very well, even though, you know, we can't all necessarily know what that feels like, but the, the, the dialogue and the narrative and the descriptions really captured like the essence. And it was very beautiful and it was very like emotionally, like, I just felt like I was right there. Beautiful. All right. I'm seeing hearts, so that means we're gonna get into the giveaway. So if you have your book out, now is a good time to have it handy because I'm gonna give you page numbers because I found that in the past, my trivia questions can be too hard. <laughs> so if you have your book ready, now is the time. But the first question, your first opportunity, 
win a light gray zipper pouch to keep all of your things in. You could use it for pencils, you could use it for whatever you want really. Light gray, two year biblical fiction buffs anniversary commemorative design. First trivia question um, is the winner is decided based on the first correct answer that I see pop up in the chat. So I will read whoever's name that is. And then if that person can contact me um, after the live or direct message me either here on the Biblical Fiction Buffs account or on my Jenna Van Maurick personal account, um, one of those two message me afterwards so that I can get your details and send those to you um, along with maybe a few other extra, extra goodies. Um, please remember to do that. So the first question, <clears throat> How does Caleb disguise him, or how does Aben, sorry, how does Aben disguise himself in order to get out of the city in chapter seven? Hint, the answers are going to be on page 59 to 60, about in there, I think, in most standard copies of the book. How does he disguise himself, and um, what is the ruse that they use to get him out of the city um, and keep him from being caught as the traitor? Um, so yeah, chapter seven, 59, page 59, page 60. This is a great scene too with Caleb and Miriam and their grandmother. Like this is the one that made me fall in love with this family. Um, but yeah, trivia question. First person to figure out the answer. Smiley, he dresses as a woman with leprosy. Yes, uh, Miriam and Caleb's grandmother gives Avon her old garments and she says, quite amusingly, from now on, I will sleep in fine Egyptian linen. Um, and um, they cover him with a paste made of ash and he escapes as a leprous vintner's daughter. And um, Smiley51990, you are the winner of the first zipper pouch. Um, so be sure to message me to claim that. Um, and now we're gonna move on to the next trivia question. And if nobody gets it, I will come up with another way to give this away. Um, Cause I've done that in the past and it's not a big deal. Dana said, oh, I know, I know. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I would expect that you would know. <laughs> um, no hints, no hints. Okay, <clears throat> trivia question number two, second opportunity. Oh wait, I have to read this comment. <laughs> Barbara said, I thought of Ben-Hur when I read that scene and his mom and his sister became lepers. I love Ben-Hur so much. I love Ben-Hur so much. I love Ben-Hur almost as much as I love anything to do with the Exodus and Moses. I think I have like a little in this room, like a little Ben-Hur poster. Um, I just, oh man, man, you're pulling at my heartstrings here. You just totally, totally like took me on a whole other tangent. It's going to take me a second to get my brain back to brain. But um, Dana said, oh, that's right. I wonder if I was subconscious, if I subconsciously remembered that, you know, I'm going to accept it in my head that perhaps that is true. And perhaps, perhaps that is what happened. Because um, that's just going to make me love this even more. But yes, Oh, yes, Ben-Hur. If you haven't read Ben-Hur, go read Ben-Hur or watch the movie. I don't care. Just get some Ben-Hur in your life. We'll change you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so many Ben-Hur fans in the chat. Makes me really happy. Um, <laughs> like, I'm actually super happy. Uh, okay, trivia question number two. Second opportunity to win a zipper pouch for biblical fiction buffs. Um <clears throat> And this one we kind of just talked about, so most of you should know, but um, in case you, you don't, turn your books to around pages 278, 279, 280 um, in that area. And the question is, what was the first thing Aben heard after he died and who did he see from the bank of the river that divided Sheol and Paradise? So... If you comment the answer and you already won, you know, you can still comment and participate, but nah, the person after that, next person that I see will be the winner of the second zipper pouch with the Biblical Fiction Buffs logo on it. So um, to repeat the question from the answer is around page 278 and 279, if you have your book with you. 
What was the first thing that Aben heard after he died and who did he see from the bank of the river that divided Sheol and paradise? If nobody answers or nobody gets it, it's totally fine. Um, I will come up with another way to give this away. I've done it before in the past, really easy, not hard at all. Um, yes, Naomi's bookshelf, childish laughter. Uh, you are the winner of the second zipper pouch. So both of these have been claimed now. Please, if you were one of the winners, remember to message me after the live is over um, so that I can get your details and get these out to you as quickly as possible, possibly so that they hopefully get there before Christmas, but no guarantees because I am not in control of the postal system. Um, but yes, uh, Avon saw, heard childish laughter and he saw Joah, his youthful younger brother who had been tragically killed earlier in the story, although he at first did not recognize the character because he appeared a bit older and, you know, um, there was a lot of beautiful dialogue in there or beautiful narration about Avon's body feeling different and, everything feeling different there and the message given to him when he was there was to follow the prophet which he did um immediately after being raised to life uh, my mom nancy rosenblatt said is that a chariot i see um up there on top of my bookshelf i have a little chariot um a little model chariot that um is supposed to represent ben-hur so um yes i have ben-hur posters i have um, this wall behind me, actually, there's some poster prints up there, obviously, but what's in a lot of these little frames around them is actually pages from books that I love, like Anne of Green Gables, Little Women, um, classic books are up there, The Secret Garden, Ben-Hur, Jerusalem's Daughter, I don't know if you've heard of that one not very well known, but I have different pages from different books that have really inspired me and like specific pages up there. So yeah, there's there's quite a lot of Ben-Hur memorabilia uh, in this room. And I could talk about that more if you guys wanted, but that's the giveaway over and done, games over and done, book discussion over and done. And now it is time to announce the winter book. Uh, so basically how this works is every season I do a post over on the account, a regular feed, square, graphic, Instagram post, and I ask you guys to nominate all of your suggestions for the next book. Um, and you guys, you know, you, you copy and paste, you write your favorite books in there, you like the ones that you like, and the most popular suggestions from that post are the ones that end up in the vote. And then, you know, a short time after that, I put a poll up in our Instagram stories. You guys have a 24-hour window to vote, as many people as possible to vote, um, people who are following Biblical Fiction Buffs. After that, I count the votes, I tally it up, and uh, we announce the next book. So, the next book is the book that we're going to be reading for December of 2021 and then January and February of 2022. I always feel like this part, this time of year gets complicated because I can't just say like January, February, March of 2022. It's December of 2021 and January and February of the next year. But for the next three months, because this is a quarterly seasonal book club discussion group, um, I am very excited to announce that it came down to one vote. The vote stayed pretty steadily at a tie the entire day that the, the poll was live, uh, right up until the very end when one vote swayed things. So it was really popular. Remember that if the book that you wanted to read didn't get picked yet, um, there is you can always nominate it again. But um, if you are ready, are you guys ready to find out what the next book is that we're going to be reading? <laughs> All right, the next book that we're going to be reading is Star of Persia by Jill Eileen Smith. <clears throat> Star of Persia by Jill Eileen Smith. I think this is actually our first Jill Eileen Smith book that we've ever read in the book club. And that was really exciting for me because I was like, how have we been a group this long? and not read a Jill Eileen Smith book club book when we are literally a biblical fiction book club. We've read a lot of Tessa Ashar, but we have not gotten around to Jill Eileen Smith yet. So I'm really excited to read this book. This is an Esther retelling. I love Esther retellings. Um, and yeah, I have read this one before. I have reviewed it. There's a review up on my blog. I'm excited to read it again though and go through it with you guys and get all of that stuff all announced and lined up and ready to go. Jill Eileen Smith was one of the first biblical fiction authors I ever read after Misu Andrews and after Connie Lynn Cosette, 
or yeah, right when I was, um, right when I was just starting to figure out that biblical fiction was its actual name, um, for a long period of time, I would just like be like, oh yeah, I'm really into fiction novels in biblical times, you know, like this was, Jillian Smith was one of the authors that, um, I discovered right around that time that it was an actual genre and not just a really particular niche thing that I liked. Um, the first book I read by her was The Crimson Cord, uh, which is a Rahab retelling, and I was just obsessed. And then, uh, probably my next favorite books by her would be her Wives of the Patriarch series, Sarai, Rebecca, and Rachel. Uh, all well done. So I'm really excited to be getting to a Jillian Smith book with you guys um, for winter. And honestly, if I'm being perfectly honest, if I could control you guys, and I'm planting the seed now, if I could control you guys and tell you which books to pick for spring and summer and fall, I would tell you you're gonna want to nominate Defending David by Barbara M. Britton for the spring book. Just saying, I'm telling you now, you're going to want, if I could control the vote, which, you know, I don't, I leave it up to you. So I'm trusting you guys here to remember what I'm saying right now. In spring, I think an ideal lineup for next year would be Star of Persia by Jillian Smith, Defending David by Barbara M. Britton, possibly, you know, Potiphar's Wife by Misu Andrews next, maybe an Angela Hunt book, or maybe um, The Prince and the Prodigal, another Jillaline Smith book, if you guys like this one. Um, those books I would really like to read in 2022. So I'm counting on you guys. I'm planting this in your subconscious now. Please, 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 please remember, I have gotten to read Barbara's next book already. And I just I can't say a lot. because It's not out yet. It's not available yet. But um, you guys are going to like it. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. I have never felt so strongly about a book before in my life. <laughs> I promise you're going to like it. So yeah. Um, next book though, before we can vote on any of those things, before I can achieve my dreams, um, Star of Persia by Jillian Smith. I hope you guys are excited. And now we get to move into the part of the live that is an open Q&A. You guys can ask me anything, discuss anything. Um, chat about anything. Um, but yes, um, I'm scrolling back up because I know you guys were talking a lot while I was while I was blabbering on. Um, back to back to the chariot. I'll just um, I'll just get up and grab it for you. <laughs> this is my chariot. What do you guys what do you guys think? This is my Ben-Hur inspired chariot. I did make it as a little, little crafting project for myself. I'm quite proud of it, honestly, if I do say so myself. Um, it was very fun. I had a Ben-Hur themed birthday party this year. So this was one of the things that um, we had up um, as part of the decorations. And yeah, now it's just in my office because it inspires me and makes me so happy. Um, and I have tons of other Ben-Hur stuff, and like different memorabilia and things. Hi, Piper. How are you doing? Come on. Come on. Now that, we've, now that we're done talking about the book, you want to interact? All right. Let's see. Smiley said, speaking of Jerusalem's daughter, how is book two coming? You know, I'm realizing that I'm getting to a point with book two where I cannot talk about it as much as I used to because it is starting to take the shape of an actual book. Um, you know, there was a period of time where I was writing Jerusalem's Daughter for like three years. And I used to just talk about it all the time. I would like spill out all the plot points and be like, oh yeah, last night I wrote a scene where this happens. And I would like go live while I was writing and talk about it. And then at a certain point, I like stopped talking about it as much. And I started being a lot more secretive because the book was starting to become an actual book. And I couldn't really tell you everything because uh, then it would all be out in the open. But yeah, um, it's coming. <laughs> that's what I can say. Um, it is well over the halfway mark in terms of word count. 
Um, I am currently adding a whole new um, character arc <laughs> um, that I didn't include. And, you know, I knew that the book was missing something, um, but I was going on with it anyways. And I had like a breakthrough and I realized what I needed. So I'm currently in the middle of, of um, doing that retroactively, incorporating something that will actually bring the book to a full bookish thing but I can't really say much about it because of spoilers and now is that wonderful time in being an author where I get to start keeping secrets to make things more exciting um but I will reveal more as time goes on or I will try to books and sunflowers said I loved her book about Deborah in this case I think we're referring to Jolene Smith's book about Deborah uh the prophetess very interesting take on that story um I also uh the daughters of the promised land series pretty sure you don't have to read that one in order. I don't know if you have to read really technically if you have to any of her series necessarily in complete order, but I know that I read that one definitely out of order. Here, you can be free. You can be free. Um, but yeah, go. I know you want to. She's like looking down and like looking like down under the desk, but she's just not jumping. Um, also one of my first biblical fiction authors says Smiley, Books and Sunflowers. She was my first biblical fiction too. See, she's just, she's been around. She's been around. She has a lot of books out. And I feel like everyone at some point has read uh, a Jill Eileen Smith book at some point, except for our group as a group. <laughs> Somehow we have managed to read nine books and not one of them has been a Jill Eileen Smith book, but we're going to take care of that in 2022. So that's exciting. Barbara said Esther is one of my favorite biblical characters. I did a book report on her in fifth grade in 1976. That's so cool. I love that. Um, Smiley said I actually read the second book in the test series first, the one about Deborah and wow. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think it matters too much if you read them in order or not. Barbara said you are too sweet. You know, Barbara, I really just think that everyone needs to read this book. I mean, everyone needs to read all of Barbara's books. That's another one. After we cross Jillian Smith off the off the list, we have to get to a Barbara M. Britton book, you guys. This is, Barbara is one of the best discoveries I ever made. Misu Andrews, if you ever watch this, you are a genius because Misu Andrews told me that I needed to check out Barbara's books. She was right. I shouldn't have doubted. I should have just, you know, because Misu told me to. Um, absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> beautiful books. Smiley said, what a cute dog. Um, <laughs> um, can you tell I like dogs? You know, I think what we've discovered from tonight is that everyone here loves dogs. Um, I'm going to make that a prerequisite now for joining the book club. No, I'm kidding. It's fine. If you like cats or dogs or don't like any animals, it's okay, but highly recommend dogs. She's a toy Australian Shepherd in case you were curious. Very tiny little toy Australian Shepherd. Very small little baby who has grown immensely, but she's still very small. Um, Piper, Grandpa says hi. My dad says hi. Um, do you want to go for a walk afterwards? Maybe go see them on a walk? I'm making that promise on stream so that in case I, in case I change my mind, <laughs> in case I change my mind, you can always say, but mom, you said it on stream. You're going to take me over there. <clears throat> okay. Here. Why don't you go down? Why don't you go down? I love you. Barbara said, yes, me Sue brought us together. <laughs> Smiley said, cats make me see, sneeze. So dogs are like, I am hugely allergic to cats. If you hear um, Piper growling, we have a pressure cooker thing for making food going out in the kitchen and Piper thinks it is the devil incarnate. So that's what's going on there. If you hear her little grunt and growl. Um, but yeah, that is about it. You guys, I will be posting more and more announcements about <clears throat> biblical fiction buffs. Piper's hiding between my legs because she's scared of the pressure cooker. Poor baby. Um, but yeah, um, if, if you won one of the, um, one of the zipper pouches, please remember to message me after the live um, so that I can get your details and confirm. Um, if you would like to purchase one, may I just say they are really great for carrying journaling supplies, Bible journaling supplies. Um, if you're like me and you like to mark up your books, also great for that. If you think that that is a sin, 
please ignore. <laughs> I am a firm believer in well-loved books. Um, so that's just me. And also, you know, don't forget to check out the newest design in the merch store. I just want to stay home and read biblical fiction available in pretty much every color you want and also different variations of Christian fiction and inspirational fiction. You can always, 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 always get 10% off your order um, by using BFB10 as your code. That's BFB as in biblical fiction buffs. Um, and we've got lots of great items, you know, great time to order something for a friend for Christmas. Um, I might not get here in time, but you could print out a picture and say, I got you this thing and it's going to be here soon. And if you are interested in any of that, um, the store has biblical fiction buffs merch in it, as well as Jerusalem's daughter merch and merch for like my stuff, um, as well as biblical fiction buffs. You can shop by visiting the link in our bio and using that code at checkout. <clears throat> Um, and in case you are just now joining and wanted to know, we will be reading Star of Persia by Jill Eileen Smith in the new year. And I look forward to discussing that with all of you. Dana says, thank you for reading Rain. So fun to be with y'all. It was really fun to have you here. It was a great time. I really enjoyed this season. I have to be honest, every time a new season starts in Biblical Fiction Buffs, I'm always so overwhelmed and I'm always thinking to myself, and this isn't like in a bad way, but just like, oh my word, how am I going to make it work this time? Because like, you know, going into fall, especially it's like there's Thanksgiving, there's Christmas, there's shopping to do, there's all these things. There's, you know, in my case, I'm having a really busy season with my job and there's different health things going on in my life right now that I don't talk about on the internet, but there's all kinds of stuff that is going on. And I, every time I'm like, I don't know, this might be the last season that I can do the book club. And every time um, God always makes a way for it to happen and he always makes a way for it to work out. And I'm just so grateful for that. And that just, um, shows me, you know, how good he is and, you know, how much I am grateful for to him for allowing, um, us to meet like this and for allowing, um, me to really host this group. And you guys bless me so much, honestly, just you guys being here. So, um, it's really great. And I hope that the group is also a blessing to you. Um, Barbara said, thanks for hosting and leading us tonight. Merry Christmas, BFBs, Biblical Fiction Buffs. Uh, Smiley says, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, Smiley also says, thank you, Dana, for an amazing book. Seriously, I can't wait for book two. I really want to know what it is. <laughs> um, but that's, that's all I'm gonna, all I can really say about that. But yeah, <clears throat> Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy winter. Happy December. We can, you know, blow out the metaphorical candle on fall, at least in the book club now, and move on to Christmassy things. So, um, gotta blow that out anyways, because I have a fear that my dog will try to attack it. So, uh, it's been really great, you guys. Merry Christmas. Um, more announcements will be coming on Star of Persia. But yeah, I'm just so grateful that we all get to have this opportunity and now I must take my dog on a WALK to go see my mom and dad who live next door to me so it's not going to be that far of a walk but yeah I will see you guys all later at a later time um in February hopefully and hopefully we can chat again throughout the next few months so thank you guys for joining I hope you had a great night Merry Christmas God bless God bless us everyone um and yeah have a great winter. Bye.